0: Hi, this is Tom Harvey, the Economy Guy. This podcast is all about macroeconomics. It's what's going on in the world around us and what it is, can possibly do for us or to us. And welcome. This is an educational show. I want to just give you facts, figures, and some of my opinions so that you can make your own personal informed investing decisions. It is Easter Sunday, April the 12th, 2020, and this is the Economy Guy. I'm going to tell you all about what happened in the markets, what's the status on the virus, a little bit of eyeball news, which are fun, uh, what's happening in our U.S. economics, what's going on in Europe, and then our future economically. So that's what today is all about. Let's start with the markets. The Dow Jones 30 it ended at 23,719. That was up every single day of the week. Now, why would it go up every single day in this when the future is uncertain, et cetera? Well, that's because the Fed stepped in and unloaded the money, unloaded it in a big way, more than in the past weeks. So, the psych- I'll talk a lot about what the Fed is doing to us, but it is amazing. And the psychology is positive. For the stock market, with the uh, "we're all going to get back to work soon" message, so that's what's driving the market up. We'll see what happens next week. On uh, in in the area of oil, that ended ended at twenty three nineteen. That's not too good. Uh, an agreement on cuts in order to drive the price up by uh, the Saudis and the russians They're coming together, and they're coming to an agreement, but Mexico is standing in the way right now of a general agreement, so that's a shame. Uh, The 10-year Treasury note is 0.73. That's uh, about the same. No change there. That says that the Fed has firm control on interest rates, and uh, even more so, you'll see. And uh, what's uh, something coming out and it's happening right now is that downgrades of bonds, in other words, where you have a a rating of them, and when it goes down, there were 600 downgrades of bonds this last week, and that's triple the normal number. So uh, that says the companies are not looking as good as they have been this last week. And that should be scaring everyone, including the Fed. Okay, gold, uh, 1685, uh, that's up. Up big, it's near the seven magic 1700 market, actually tested the 1700 mark, hit up, hit way up there at 1698 or something like that. Uh, I believe it'll test it again. We'll see when, if, and when it ever can go through that. It's a real barrier, uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, now, here's an interesting spot thing about gold, and that is that uh, the spot price of gold that's what I always quote 1685. Is different than the futures price. If you wanted to buy a futures at what do you they think the price of gold at, you'll see the difference is, well, the difference is normally $2. But more recently it's been being, been between $30 and $70. Now, why would it spread so much? I mean, look at this. Isn't this kind of crazy? If in a working perfect market, you could go out and sell a futures for gold at a certain price. $70 higher than the current price of gold. You could go down the street, buy the gold at the lower price, and then just deliver the gold into the futures contract at the end of the contract, and you would have made the difference 70 bucks per ounce, or 70 times 100, $7,000 per contract. That's uh, not to sniff at. Why aren't people doing that? And they are sometimes, and that drives the di- difference closer Uh, but I believe there's a major loss in the ability of people to deliver gold, loss of faith in that uh, part of the gold market, and it's driving that. So I'm watching that closely. The VIX, that's the volatility index. The fear index was 41.42, roughly. That's kind of the new normal now. Uh, Everybody's in fear. Everybody's staying in fear. Everybody's going to stay in fear, so might as well enjoy it. So uh, stay tuned. I'll be back with... uh, The virus update next. Okay, back again for the virus update. The good news. This is good news. Believe it or not, we're having good news, and that is because the trends are down. The curve is bending over, as they say. The number of deaths, which is the, uh, I consider one of the best targets, is coming down in New York, which is one of the earliest uh, places where it really broke out. A lot of other places are following New York. Oh, so that's all good news. Uh, another one uh, cures for it. The malaria tablet that we we talked about before. The treatment, uh, that treatment is under trials of a very scientific trials. It's being authorized and overseen by the FDA. It's being done by a lot of different companies, and the FDA is thoroughly involved in understanding the scientific results of that. In the meantime, doctors are using it, and it's they explain what the dangers are to the uh, patient, and the patient decides, and, and, and that's the way it is. That's, so that's going along pretty good. Second, plasma. Plasma is an interesting thing. If you take blood from somebody who has had the virus and, and is now over it, they have nice little proteins, antibodies, in their blood, and that you can take that out, and that's called plasma, and then you can use that and inject it into somebody who does have the uh, virus, and then that helps kill it. So that's coming along. That's being used. But there's not much of it because there's not much blood out there. And as more people recover, there there can be more of it. And then in the future, a a hyperimmune globula shot, which will be a concentrated plasma, basically, if you want to look at it that way. And it will be a prophylactic. It's something you can shoot somebody with, and they can go into the midst of the worst virus area and never get it. So that's... Another great thing to hear. And then, then there's the vaccines. There's at least 10 companies that are chasing a vaccine because there's billions of dollars in it. There's billions of dollars to spend to get it and, and tens of billions or hundreds of billions in order to produce it. Uh, I'm personally not for a vaccine because I would rather take a pill than get a shot. Just very simple, but everyone has to make their own decision. There are alternative solutions coming along. That's my message. And there's more than just what I've talked about. So let's talk about what does it take to really get out of this? So let's let's be kind of logical about what this world really is in, in this virus. Uh, about a half million people have been tested to have the virus in the United States. Uh, maybe say a million or two million people have been tested. There's 330, 350 million people in that. So nobody's been tested. That's the bottom line, unless they have symptoms that they're sick. So it seems to me, first things first, if we're going to figure out how to actually turn the economy back on and get out of this virus successfully without recontaminating all of the United States, we needed to know, we need to test everybody. And maybe that's impossible. Okay, I'm, I'll am i be the first one to admit, maybe I'm just saying the impossible, but wouldn't it be nice if we just tested everybody, you either have it or you don't have it, and You know, and and while that would be a a great thing to help to know if you're allowing people to go back to work or go into public areas, that would be. uh, It doesn't solve the entire problem because there will be small pockets where it will spread again. There's no. There's no way we can totally contain this. You know, and nobody else gets sick, but we could really help we could really make things a lot safer if we all knew that the local grocery store was manned by people that did not have the virus. So that's my first thought for today. I think we can use pure logic on getting the economy going again. If you don't have, if you don't know that, then you're just rolling the dice, aren't you? I mean, really, I mean, what if the guy next to you, you're working with, has the virus? You're going to get it. Well, okay. But so we need to know That's it for the virus this time. Hang on. I'll be back and uh, give you a lot more info. (laughs) It's time for the oddball news. Let's hit it. What fun. Well, the Chinese government has decided that since they are done with this virus, they are going to start allowing their people to go out, and they want to encourage people to go out. So they opened up uh, some... uh, places that people could go and see the beauty of China, the Chinese people could go. And one of those places is called the the Wangshan Mountain Range, and uh, you have to do a lot of hiking to get there, but they decided to make it free entry for all Chinese and to encourage people to go out there and to make sure that it was working well. Well, it turned out that all the Chinese wanted to go, so over 20,000 people went up in one day when the day it was open, And they had to close the place because there were too many people. Isn't that amazing? I guess this is not a big place. It's 20,000 people. It overfilled. So, lesson learned, uh, the Chinese wanted to get out. Uh, Maybe we'll want to get out. That's that's kind of a positive thing, I think. How about Hungary? Hungary is a pro-family government. And they have good results. Their birth rate is up 9%. Their marriage rate is up 100%. And their divorce rate is at a 60-year low. There's a company called Lucan Coffee, L-U-C-K-I-N, or Lucan, I don't know, coffee, and uh, it turns out that the president of that company fabricated the earnings of that company, incidentally this is a, uh, it's listed in the U.S. stock chain, anyway, um, and, uh, is, and now that person owes a uh, bank about a hundred million dollars, and uh, it looks like the bank's going to eat it. Uh, kind of an interesting little tidbit. The EU chief scientist resigned. The chief scientist—that's the number one scientist. That's you know that's a pretty good thing. He is protesting over the poor EU response to the virus. He thinks that they are not doing enough, didn't do it fast enough, and that. So on you guys, I'm resigning in protest. Ah. Now in France, the French government has decided they would use stimulus also to give money to the people. Okay, and uh, that has happened. I think I reported that last week. Now. The prostitutes of France want to throw their, their, they want to have their own stimulus package. Let's put it that way. Okay. Now, the last oddball article for today is the CDC. Our own CDC says that cruise ship passengers coming in to the United States cannot, let me repeat that word, N-O-T, not fly until after they're quarantined for 14 days. So if you have 6,000 passengers coming off a ship, how the heck do they get home? Have you thought about that? Has the CDC thought about that? I mean, there are some decisions. I understand why they made the decision. Okay, sympathetic about it. Don't want to spread the virus. Might have the virus. Don't know if they have the virus. I've got all that. Okay, so what are they going to do? Well, uh, they make a rule is what they do. So I believe this rule has to be rethought into a more logical thing. Now, they also said if you wanted to hire a bus, and sanitize the bus you could put passengers in the bus and take them wherever you want but you can't fly them isn't that interesting okay guys next we're coming up with the economic news as uh, and this is the important stuff and now for the economic news an additional 6.6 million people hit the unemployment and Prior numbers have been revised up, I might add. So now there's 17 million people that ever officially dropped out of the marketplace. 17 million is a big number. What that's going to translate to is about a 25% unemployment rate in the near future. But the April unemployment rate will be less than that. It'll, uh, I don't know, who knows what it'll be. Uh, because the data for the April unemployment rate ends in the middle of April. So at the end of April, people can, will continue be, be leaving the the rate so sometime in May June for sure it'll it's going to hit around 25 percent bad news let's talk about the housing market uh, I'm seeing initial signs of stress in the housing market now let's talk about forbearance and that's the source of the stress forbearance is what the government has told the people that says they should ask their lenders if they could just not pay this month because I don't have the money and so the just wait and then the money is still owed they have to make up the payments in the late future but That's what a forbearance is, and and if you look at the FHA, VA, uh, the HUD loans, you could say, hey, did you know that there were 300,000 forbearances as of April 1st for those loans? Uh, And another statistic that uh, 31% of mortgage payments were late in April of all mortgage payments. Okay, but... What about Fannie and Freddie? Those are the people who uh, package things up, mortgage-backed securities, sell them off, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they are saying, they are saying that, uh, well, that's, how does this work? You get a mortgage. You pay your mortgage to a servicer. A servicer, half of the servicers out there are private companies, and half of them are banks. So, you know, small, medium, large banks They do their own servicing. and uh, But if it's a Fannie Freddie loan, um, they are saying that the servicer must pay on the money to Fannie Freddie so they can pay it, etc. Must pay. They must pay. And uh, incidentally, did you know that the servicer is also on the hook for paying the taxes of a house and also the insurance of a house? Isn't that interesting? So they're collecting this money, or not collecting it in the case of forbearance. But in any case, it looks to me like there are going to be a bunch of services that are going out of business if Fannie and Freddie really insist on this and the government doesn't step in and slap their hand for doing this. Because, uh, and oh, and Fannie and Freddie have a solution. If a a servicer fails, well, Fannie and Freddie will just step in and take their function over and service it themselves. That's making Fannie and Freddie bigger because, remember, 2008-9, the idea was to make them smaller, leaner, machines but not not no. their ideas make them fatter and bigger uh here's the really bad news if all this comes to pass because we're talking about the majority of loans out there for uh, single family housing uh, that's kind of the end of the mortgage market it's not gonna work anymore that would stop all mortgages from coming out okay Let's change the subject here. Let's come to talk about company stock buybacks. We talked about that a little bit last time. I'm going to give you more information this time. What, what companies did is they sold bonds at very low interest rates over the years and then bought their own stock back. And what that did is reduced the number of shares out there and it created a higher earnings per share ratio. That's a big deal. That makes people like it. Uh, and since 2009 the earnings per share of the s p 500 stocks have gone up 270 percent because of that but the revenue has only gone up 60 percent uh, that doesn't uh, oh but uh, did you know that uh, management compensation is tied to uh, earnings per share and things like that so they they like it and uh, for example the US airlines bought 19 billion dollars worth of their own shares but they now want to bail out and it looks to me like they're gonna get it so hey, this happened across the United States. This is real. Uh, and remember I said last time, it's uh, share won't, shares will not bounce back as fast because there will not be buybacks in the future because there will not be the cash to do it. So hang on, folks, and uh, I'll be right back. Back again to talk about Europe. This is fun. Prime Minister Conte of Italy has warned the EU... Uh, that uh, this virus is a real test for the EU. You see, Italy want, needs money, and they want to sell Corona Corona bonds, which are just bonds to pay for the mess that the virus has caused in Italy. And uh, but uh, and they'd also like to use the European Stability Mechanism, the ESM. If you ever heard of that, that's my, more money. And uh, however, it turns out that the Netherlands and Germany are blocking those uh, avenues, and that so. Prime Minister Conte has said uh, this could be the end of the EU. And so it's, this is another public announcement, but from the highest source in Italy. It's a real shot across the bow. Watch that one. Austria is going, this is good news, Austria is going to ease its restrictions on April 14th to start businesses up again. A business, in order to do this, in certain rules, you have to have 400 square meters of space and you ha- get to have one customer per 20 square meters. That means you can have 20 people in your space. Okay. 20 customers. Okay. And this does not apply to restaurants or hotels, though. So those are still shut. But it's a slow opening of their economy. So maybe it's something that we should watch. Who knows? We'll see how good that works, because they'll be doing it before we do. UK doctors are encouraging seniors to sign do-not-resuscitate forms. What does that mean? That means, hey, if I get really sick, I'm in a hospital, and I sign do-not-resuscitate, that means they'll just let me die. They won't try to keep me alive. Uh, why are they doing that? Because they're overwhelmed with sick people, and uh, the problem with uh, when you're overwhelmed means you don't have enough beds or anything to help people uh then the, then you have to do triage if those of you who know what triage is, it means you put the dead to the side and uh so this is uh, this is this is just awful in my mind, and uh take it for what it's worth. The French GDP is uh, going to be down, or was down, 6% in the first quarter of this year. The German G- GDP is down 10% during the second quarter, they're guessing, this year. So that shows you the kind of falls in GDP that they're anticipating. Because these are uh, early predictions, they're probably on the uh, low side. My guess is they'll go deeper than that, but we'll see. Uh the Brexit. Brexit. Oh, yeah, they're doing trade negotiations with the EU. They refuse to stop having negotiations. They're going to continue. They said this virus is not stopping us talking. We've got to continue because this thing's done at the end of the year one way or the other. Either we have come up with a new agreement by the end of 2020 or we're leaving it and we will then come in under world uh, trade organization rules. And good luck to you guys. EU. That's it for the oddball news. No, that's not the oddball. That's the European news. Good luck for the European news. I'll be back with the future of the of our economy. Let's talk about the U.S. economic future for a while here. The Feds come out with a new program this last week where they've announced a two point three trillion dollar program that's going to help small businesses and et cetera, et cetera, and blah blah blah. And plus, the, uh, they are going to do quantitative easing forever. They've kind of said that, yeah. In fact, uh, some of the major banks have now said that the uh, balance sheet, which is stands at 4 to $5 trillion right now with the uh, Fed, is going to be $9 trillion by the end of the year. So they're going to just keep buying and buying everything, you name it. It's going to be quality things initially, but if it gets bad enough, it won't be so, such quality. Ah... Uh, And here's an interesting one. They will fund the U.S. deficit spending entirely, 100%, this year. Now, I consider this a red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. This is the first time where we are doing what the Japanese are doing, which is they spend more than they have, and then they buy the bonds that record the money that they just printed. So that's what we're stepping into and are going to actually do this year. So we're there. Oh, it's, uh, it's rather shocking. Okay. Uh, how do we come out of this virus? Well, I think we're going to come out with about 80% of our economy working. 20% won't be working. When when this is all said and done, that's a ways away, several months away, because coming out is not easy. And it, I think it's going to take a long time. It's going to take uh, three years, maybe five years, to come out to get back to where we were Uh before the virus, maybe more than five years. And uh, there will not be any inflation soon. No, there will not. There could be in the future, but not soon. Why? Because the measure that I look at is the velocity of money. That's how fast a dollar turns over. It's how many times a single dollar is spent uh, during the year. Is it one time, three times, 17 times? Whatever it is. Anyway, the number, that number is calculated, and it is falling. It is going down, and it's going to go continue going down in the future. With You only have deflation in a falling velocity market, not inflation. So we are looking in the near term to a deflationary environment. That will change in turn, I believe. But in order to get inflation, we have to have demand, demand in the market. And that will cause inflation to take off. So whenever that is, and that's years away, that's when inflation will happen. So... For your own planning purposes, I think you should be uh, thinking along those lines. I certainly am. How about the debt in the U.S.? The debt currently stands at $24 trillion. Uh, that doesn't include a, you know, about $3 trillion of state and local mm-hmm. debt also, but just the U.S., the U.S. government. Okay, well, but if you look at the projections of where this is going, it's going to be $30 trillion by 2022 and $35 trillion by th- 2030, 2025, and $40 trillion by 2030. So this debt is going up, and it's starting to accelerate. Well, it's accelerating this year. It's going to but go up at a much deeper slope for the rest of this decade. Uh, that's just because we're going to have to spend more, and we are in the spend and cover the spending by the Fed. Uh, now, how do we pay the debt back? That's the hundred million dollar question and the answer is you can look at history to determine that because including the U.S. history when we have a lot of debt we pay it back with inflated dollars dollars that are worth less than the dollars that we borrowed at the beginning of this so we will have inflation I believe the Fed has this firmly in mind and that's why they're doing what they're doing so that in the end first of all they're saving the economy and saving jobs and saving a lot of things but in the end, they want to cause a lot of inflation so that we can pay back these long-term bonds. How do we are selling 30-year bonds, 10-year bonds? You know, somebody's even said, why don't we make a 50-year bond? And we'll do it with inflated dollars. So there could be inflation. There could be big inflation. Remember, the last inflation was 40% overnight. So hang in there, guys. This is the economy guy talking to you. I'll be talking to you in a week. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us. Please hit the subscribe button on your podcast reader to get future podcasts. This is Tom Harvey. I am an investor myself, not a financial advisor. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade, and we disclaim any responsibility for any negative effects of actions people might take.